What's going on, coaches? As 2019 winds down, uh, hopefully everyone had a great season. Or we got a few people in Texas that are still uh, finishing up their season, uh, but. Hopefully you guys are continuing to enjoy everything that we're putting out. This will be these next three episodes or the last three of 2019, and then we'll get into some of our new recordings and start 2020 off again with two episodes a week and um, continue with RTP install uh, and everything else on RTP Premium. So hopefully you guys are still getting a lot out of that. Uh, If you're not taking full advantage of it, head over to runthepower.com, see what all we offer other than just the podcast but we're really really excited to dive back in and in 2020 and uh, see how much more we can learn and and help you guys uh, connect with football coaches across the country on this episode of rtp we talk with chris cutcliffe coach cutcliffe is the head coach at 2019 mississippi 6a state champion oxford high school in oxford mississippi Listen as we talk with Coach Cutcliffe about his coaching career, learning from his father, David Cutcliffe, at Tennessee and Duke, and the explosive offense he has led at Oxford High School in Mississippi. You can follow Coach Cutcliffe on Twitter at Chris Cutcliffe. Hope you guys enjoy. What's up, Coach? Hey, what's up? How are y'all? Doing well, man. How are you? You just just uh, having a join your Tuesday night? Oh yeah, doing. Uh, my seven year old's finishing up little coach pitch baseball, and uh, then we'll be headed back to the house. There we go. Did you guys? Oh, uh, yeah. Did you go through? Uh, right now with my son, we're going T ball slash coach pitch, so they get a few coach pitch opportunities, and they have to hit it off the tee. You guys ever go through that? Yeah, so that's what uh, my second son is in that league still this year where there's no strikeouts. So the way they do it here, like if you get two strikes, then you put it on the tee and hit it. Yeah. So my oldest, uh, this is the first year they can actually strike out and they have the scoreboard turned on and like it's, you know, for the first time. So that's been uh, exciting, you know, because there's <laughs> actually a winner and a loser and you can get out. I mean, you know, pretty <laughs> that's, interesting. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Get to do some real coaching there, you know. First time having to deal with some of that adversity. Oh yeah, no doubt. No That's doubt. That's right. My, my uh, son, my son just got out uh, a couple games ago, and he was started trying to cry and sprinted off the field, and uh, it was a good little lesson for him for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. That's hey, that's baseball is a great game because it teaches you how to fail more than any other game, probably. Well, coach, let's go ahead and get it rolling. Um, kind of how we start all these things is is we go ahead and, and have you introduce yourself and, and give your football journey from, from playing to uh, coaching and, and kind of how that brought you to where you are now. Yeah. Um, well, my, uh, my background starts with, I guess, as a player, I, you know, I played uh, middle school and high school football uh, at Oxford High School where I'm coaching now. Um, and then I, uh, as an undergrad, I went to the University of Tennessee and uh, I worked as a, as a student manager at Tennessee. And, I got to um, help run the scout team defense and uh, was in the in the box charting offensive calls on game day. I got to sit on, on quarterback meetings and, and learned a lot there. And my dad, uh, David Cutcliffe, was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee my sophomore and junior year there. Uh, I got to work with Randy Sanders um, and his offensive staff my, my first year. And then Dave Clawson came in as the offensive coordinator my, my last year at Tennessee. Um, and then I actually got to work with uh, Lane Kiffin and his staff for one spring. So it's 
pretty interesting. I got to see a lot of different ways of, of uh, doing things uh, for that during, during that time at Tennessee. Uh, then I went to Duke and I worked uh, as an offense and special teams intern uh, for two years while I got my uh, master's from Duke and um, decided after that, uh, decided had an opportunity to come to Oxford High School uh, and teach math. Uh, I really I got my master's, uh, I got an MAT from Duke, a Master of Arts in Teaching. I really loved student teaching, had a blast doing that. And I had this opportunity to come coach for Johnny Hill, who I played for, uh, who's uh, a, now a Hall of Fame coach in Mississippi. And uh, I got to coach for him for five years. And uh, when he retired three years ago, uh, I got the head coaching job here at Oxford. Coach, it's a pretty dang awesome, uh, you know, journey. You get to learn a lot from, you know, obviously your father and then you know, a, a bunch of those offensive minds at, at Tennessee. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the different philosophies that, that some of those guys had? And obviously, you know, you don't have to go into too great a detail, but what might have been some things that you gleaned from, you know, learning from three offensive minds like that? Well, you know, I think the, the main thing from my dad, um, you know, who I've obviously been around my whole life and, um, you know, I think one of the best things he does as a football coach is he makes practice like a game. Um, those guys compete at a high level on the practice field. It's, it, everything is done at game speed. Everything is intense, um, you know, so that when you get to, to a game, uh, you know, you've been there before. You're confident. You're, you're prepared for that situation. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, is certainly something uh, that I picked up there at Tennessee and, um, you know, under Coach Fulmer, Coach Fulmer, uh, his last four years at Tennessee were my four years there as an undergrad. And so, you know, being with Coach Fulmer, you know, again, a Hall of Fame coach is one of the best that's ever done it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things and kind of, the, in my mind, the Tennessee way of doing things that, you know, have been done there a long time. Go back to the General Neyland, uh philosophies, the game maxims, and how you win at football, and, uh, you know, physical rushing attack and, uh, you know, with Tennessee over the years, uh, and then certainly while I was there, had explosive playmakers at, at receiver. And I felt like I had very balanced attacks um, that, you know, the used playmakers. I uh, got got the ball in a lot of different guys' hands, and uh, but, but always had the, the physical aspect to their teams. And I think that's certainly something that um, I had taken away, you know, from my time there. Coach, there's obviously a, a little bit of a difference uh, or a big difference at some schools from going from being a college coach uh, down to dealing with high school kids every day uh, where, um, you know, a, a lot of times I'm sure the programs, especially that you were at, uh, there might have been some kids not as good as the great kids, but uh, they were always, you know, cute, very, very good football players in high school. They were all top athletes if they were going to um, – uh, to the colleges that you were at. And then you go to a high school where uh, you know, you're, you're dealing with a very wide variety of really good players to so the kids that aren't going to be football players uh, in the near future. Uh, was there a big change in, in how you had to go about the game or, or how you had to treat the players going from college down to the high school level? Uh, you know, I, I think there are certainly differences. I, you know, I think we um, – I think the key with with any young people, whether you're, you're teaching in the classroom or you know, uh, or coaching on a football field, I, I think high expectations. You know, I think people a lot of times talk about this generation of young people and they you know gripe and complain about you know kids these days, you know this and that. And 
honestly, I, I think a lot of times the adults are way more at fault than, than this generation of, of young people. I think holding kids to high standards and, and helping them meet them, you know, and, uh, and when they, when they screw up, letting them know, you know, holding them accountable and, and loving on them and, um, you know, encouraging them to, to get it fixed and helping them get it fixed, you know, and I think that's, that's what it's about. And, and that's something we try to do is, uh, you know, we put a big emphasis in, in our program on developing them really as a, as a whole person, you know, academically, um, we, we spend a lot of time on character development, leadership training. Um, you know, we, we do, we, we put a huge emphasis on that sort of thing. Uh, because I think, you know, ultimately for any of them, uh, you know, DK Metcalf played for us a couple of years ago, you know, and has been all over, uh, you know, the media blowing up on the internet, you know, with the NFL draft, but DK Metcalf, uh, if the NFL wasn't there for him because of the kind of student he was and, and because of the kind of person he is, I know he'd be successful in anything he wanted to, you know, and whether it's DK who has that, that ability or like you're talking about the wider range or the kid who's you know, never going to play college football, but he's a, He's a big part of our team and our program. Hopefully, they leave with those skills in life that will help them be successful. That's really what we're all about. Coach, man, lo- love that philosophy, you know, developing the, the kids first. Um, you, you said something before. I know you said, you know, you're always going to have a, a power or a, a physical element to your offense. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of, you know, you, you talked about that philosophy you know, what, what is that, what, or what does that look like at Oxford High School? I mean, are you guys you know, a power team, a gap team? Is that kind of the first thing you install? Or, uh, you know, can you walk me a little bit through how you kind of build your offensive philosophy around, hey, we're going to run the football first and then also get the ball to our playmakers? Yeah, you know, I think – so the way we go about our install, day one install for us is going to be inside zone and outside zone. And you know, we really – try to preach that inside zone is a physical running play for us. It is a vertical downhill attack of hunting double teams. We're trying to not, you know, not keep off football. It's not a, a finesse play, and we create that mindset. Um, you know, uh, Matt Luke, who's the head coach at Ole Miss, was, was the offensive line coach at Duke while I was there. Um, you know, I, I sat in on a lot of his meetings and, and learned a lot from him about – about how to run the zone that way and how to create it as a physical play. And uh, so, you know, what we like to do, like in spring practice, for instance, we'll spend – so that will be day one install for us. Day two, we'll install our uh, power and counter. And so, you know, our gap schemes. And so what we like to do in spring ball is, is alternate. We'll have a zone day and a gap day, a zone day and a gap day. Where all our individual work, uh, you know, on a zone day will be related to, to zone. Uh, you know, and then when we get into inside drill team settings, all that type of thing, we'll call our zone run game. The next day will be gap schemes. And then, uh, you know, and then we build towards, obviously, mixing it all together. But I think that's been a great way to, to focus on an install and, and, and try to perfect uh, something, you know, in, in spring practice. I love being able to do that. Uh, as an offensive line coach, uh, I'm always uh, pressing our coordinator to, to let us do – a zone and a gap day because, like you said, it it allows you to really focus on uh, just zone or just gap that day and uh, just work on uh, what our what our um, what our base rules are for gap or zone that day uh, and really drill that in. And then, like you said, now the next day, kind of flip the the script over in our mind and try to you know I try to do a good job of telling the kids that we're doing that. Um, I went at University of Houston. I went through like three or four years of spring ball, and 
never realized that they had like only certain plays that they were going to run on certain days. That was like right. their, their coolest thing of spring was, uh, uh, you know, they were only going to run these certain plays on, on these days so we could learn them. Well, I never knew that uh, until like my senior year. So uh, I try to be mindful about telling that to our kids as well. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, I do think that's one thing. There's so, you know, you talk about young people today, there's so much access to, to information. I do think, uh, you know, people I've, I've heard this generation referred to as the IY generation, you know, and, and the why part of it is they ask why, they want to know why. And so I agree with you. I think when you explain something uh, to them, this is why we're doing this, this is the reasoning behind it. Uh, it's going to be an edge for us. It's going to make us better. It's going to help us win games. And they're going to say, yeah, I'm all in. Let's go, you know. And uh, so I agree 100%. I think that's a great point. Coach, when you do your install, you know, your zone days and your gap days, you kind of then marry up. Uh, I would imagine you guys are running some some play actions and some shots. Uh, or maybe it's, you know, screens that are off those plays. Uh, can you walk a little bit, uh, walk a little bit through maybe kind of how you guys run your complementary plays? that kind of go with yeah, your install. You're exactly right. So like on our, you know, on day one, when we install, you know, inside and outside zone, uh, we're, we're a pretty big RPO team. So we're going to start, you know, installing our RPOs that marry with those runs, uh, but also our play action protection. So, you know, our inside zone, our split zone play action protection will install on the same day that we install inside zone, you know, because it marries together. Uh, we'll install, um, you know, our, our counter, we run a, a counter play action with a pulling guard. Um, you know, we'll install that. We normally wait, actually. We don't normally install that on the first day of gap schemes. We kind of hold off on that for a couple of days. But, um, but you know, like you said, we marry those protections up uh, with the run game so that it all makes sense. And uh, so, you know, it all kind of goes together that way and flows. And I think that, that when you package it that way for the kids, I think they learn it better. They learn you know, hey, these are our zone runs. So they are family. They are related to each other. I get the big picture. You know, they're here are gap runs. Yeah, power and counter. That's the same family. I understand the big picture. What, uh, <coughs> Coach, what, Coach, what are some – Go ahead, Walls. I was just say, what are some of your favorite RPOs that you guys do kind of run then off your zones? And then also talking your, your play action, I'm also interested to hear, you know, what, what are some of your favorite shot plays that you are using with your split zone uh, protection? Yeah, so – um, RPO game, I mean, we throw kind of the, the standard stuff that everybody throws, the pre-snap bubbles and now screens and hitches and, and things like that. Um, we also, I think, do a, a pretty good job of running, uh, you know, locking the backside on inside or outside zone uh, and, and reading second or third level defenders. So, uh, you know, we'll, we've had a lot of success, you know, in three by one, locking the backside of zone and running stick, you know, pretty – you know, fairly standard concept, I guess, fairly standard RPO, but that's been very good to us. Um, you know, we'll, we like to, and we, we'll do that off of some of our, uh, some of our counter stuff as well, but we'll also, we like to throw, you know, a single receiver skinny post um, off of our locked zone or off the split zone. You know, we're, we're never going to leave a, a defensive end unblocked and lead a, a second or third level defender. Um, so our split zone, uh, it, it, we will do those same RPOs as we will, off, you know, off of our locked zone. Um, and we also, we like, you know, in like a, you know, a two by one, 20 personnel set, um, we'll run split zone or locked zone and we'll run an RPO with our slot where he has a seam read where he can take the seam versus middle of the field uh, closed or he wins in the middle, you know, splits the safeties versus middle of the field open and we can read the apex defender if he's collisioning the slot or not. So, um, you know, that's been good to us as well. Coach, I'm curious, with inside zone, you know, uh, obviously we're 
run the power. We, we love power and, and depth scheme. But uh, one of the cool things about, in my opinion, inside zone is so many different ways that you can dress that up uh, with split zone and, and locking the backside and inserting on the backside. I'm sure you can insert on the front side. Uh, are those all tags that you guys use uh, in your run those, game? Yes, we use we, – we run, uh, you know, like you said, we will lock the backside. We'll run split zone. Our quarterback is an outstanding runner, so we do run a lot of zone, you know, traditional zone read. Um, and then we do run zone insert. We have – right now we have um, – our, our H-back is, a, is a, an SEC recruit, uh, is a great player. So, you know, we use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, and, uh, and that's, you know, when you have uh, – you know, obviously you got to fit what you have to your personnel. So having a guy like that that's so versatile uh, has been huge to us. So, um, you know, that's a – uh, you're right. I love the versatility of inside zone that way. Um, we've, we've tried to do some of the same things, you know, with the outside zone. Like I said, I, we've had a lot of success locking the backside on our outside zone schemes and RPOs because I feel like it puts uh, the line, the real backer in an even bigger behind when you do that because, uh, you know, inside zone, more downhill attack. He can play both maybe a little bit better, but, uh, you know, the outside zone, stretch zone, the run, he's really got to declare. And I think that's cleaned up the read maybe a little bit better for the quarterback when we lock the backside of our outside zone on some of our RPO Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think that those teams, especially, we're not big outside zone, but but we'll do some pin and pull. And I think it gets uh, such an easier read whenever you run pin and pull and lock the backside, as opposed maybe to, to inside zone, because like you said, it stretches front side. Now, now you're really putting them in a bind and they're going to have to de- declare. Uh, pretty quickly. My my other question is because uh, at my high school we're still you know 21 personnel pretty heavy, but the big question always for us is you know how do you practice that guy that's playing the fullback or the H? You know is he or even the Y? Is he going with the tight end? Uh, are they going with the offensive line? Are they going with the running backs coach? You know how, does he get his own guy? How do you guys practice that that H back guy uh, or that um, position uh, while you guys are at practice? So I would say, first of all, we tell those guys they have to be, you know, maybe other than a quarterback, they've got to be the smartest guy on our offense. We, they're our adjuster in the way we call our formations. Um, you know, I mentioned we have a guy right now who's, you know, an SEC prospect at that position. So, um, you know, we line him up everywhere from, from tailback in the backfield to H-back to hand on the ground tight end to slot to outside receiver, you know, with the way our formation system is built, it lets us move that guy around. Luckily, right now, we have one player who can do all of it. Um, you know, sometimes we don't. And, and in that case, you know, maybe you use different personnel groupings to do some of those different things. But So we do have a coach for that position, um, you know, and they do spend some time with the tackles, you know, working uh, combo blocks on, on zone uh, and gap schemes with those guys. And then, uh, you know, they spend time with the receivers doing some of that drill work and, you know, sometimes, honestly, with those guys, when you do a lot with them, uh, it's hard to – you lack in fundamentals sometimes because you spend too much time working on scheme. So that's been a point of emphasis for us with that position group this spring is, man, let's, let's really focus on fundamentals, especially in the spring. Let's not ask them to do too much right now, you know, as we get further into game planning specific stuff in the fall. You know, that – they, those guys really give us a lot of variety uh, on offense. They let us get in different formations and shifts and motions and things we can do. But, um, you know, that, that is a tough position to play in our offense. We put a lot on that guy's shoulders. 
that's going to be a lot of fun uh, having a guy that that is so good at that type of that type of body, you know, for for that position, uh, because there are so many, in my opinion, cool things that you can do with that that H or that fullback, whatever that you or, or even when you put them in line, you know, with H back screens or tight end screens or uh, you know some of the end around stuff out of bunch. Uh, I'm sure it's kind of fun when you have such a good athlete there that, that you can uh, get fairly creative with how to get that guy the ball. There's no doubt. And uh, like I said, with, it works out well for us because it's easy for us to move him around to a lot of different places in the formation. Um, so we can, you know, maybe create a matchup we want, uh, you know, with a guy that for us is, you know, this – you know, right now, like I said, we have a kid that's that's six three, two hundred and sixty pounds, and and can run and has ball skills. So we can get him matched up in different places. Uh, you know, on on you know a mismatch uh, in the passing game, and then in the running game, as you know, and, and use him to block a support. You know, maybe a secondary support player or something like that with a certain formation or motion or whatever it is. And, and you're right, it is a lot of fun to figure out ways to use that guy. Coach, how do you? I was going to ask the question about how do you kind of, you know, you know have a, a formation for him. We have a, a, a special player like that. What are some ways that you may be using to get enough to give away, you know, all your secrets and stuff like that? But how do you call formations where you put him in different spots? Do you have a different name for it? Do you have a tag? How do you kind of do that? So ours is kind of tag based. So uh, that position in our offense is called the, is the B. And we teach the B that he's the adjuster. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll tag. So basically, uh, essentially, there's, there's eight tags, uh, in a sense, um, you know, four strong and four weak. And we use T words to designate when he goes strong because that makes some type of three-by-one formation. And we use D words when he goes weak because it makes some type of doubles or two-by-two two formation. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how it works. And so he just memorizes those four words um and we can move him with those tags wherever we want with you know one quick word one quick signal in the formation call that's really nice that, that, it's nice to be able to do that that simple and and be be going and uh like we've talked to so many defensive coaches when you can stay in the same personnel but uh show different personnel looks uh when you're out on the field it just really gets gets those defensive coordinators uh, uh lose some sleep at night there's no doubt i think you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we had um, we had two tight ends that we felt like were really good players, and we spent a lot of time in 12 personnel, but both of these guys were capable of playing in the slot for us. So we could go two-by-two two and three-by-one to a, you know, 21 personnel type look without changing people, and I felt like uh, we were very hard to defend when we had that type of personnel because we could be so versatile. Yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time studying, you know, the, the NFL teams. And to me, there's no one better to study than the Patriots. And they, they do such a cool job of, you know, lining up in heavy personnel sets and then putting a fullback out wide, you know, and, and you're going to make them declare what the heck they're in. They, they play zone. They leave the corner on them. They play man. Obviously, they're moving the corner inside. So I think there's so many cool things that you can learn, I think, by being able to formate. And, and studying some of these NFL teams, I would imagine you do some things pretty similar to where maybe you're trying to get matchups inside with receivers or got a whole army here. running backs. Yeah, so, you know, we, we try to do some of that type of stuff, like you said, and, uh, you know, you can move people around. And I tell you one of the things we've learned with some of that stuff, you know, like 
man, we, we would love to line up and, and this work this week and switch these two players. And we start getting all these tags and the formation now is like four or five signals. We've just gone to where we make up a word and we say, hey, guys, this week, you know, uh, like last year we used the word yellow. And yellow, we told them, hey, that might be a different formation every week. So we just got to learn. If we call yellow this week, this gives us a look we want and we can run these three plays out of it. And, okay, you know, and, and we just didn't – we didn't stress over, well, we got to tell this guy where to go, and this guy, and this guy, and this guy. We just tried to simplify it that way, and I found that to be so much easier. Um, and, and we just told him, hey, whatever we called it last week, forget that. That's gone. We're changing it now. Here it is for this week, you know. And that, that made sense to them, and uh, it worked really well. We did that one time, Coach. I know we, we just we put together a personnel package, and we just, we were like, we just want to find a way to get all of our dudes on the field. So we had a couple of defensive guys, you know, that had come over. And, and again, we're just going to run a small package of plays, three, four, five maybe tops. And, you know, we're sitting there banging our head against the wall. What do we call the formation? What do we call it? I'm like, dude, we're just going to call it two. And all, all the guys figured it out instantly. It's like, yeah, hey, when, when dude won the field, this is formation right. I love it. That's it. Hey, I love it. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the way to go. Um, I think there's no doubt. You know, I think we spend a lot of time. You know, and, and I think this is good that we spend a lot of time trying to make sure if we're going to install something, we want it to fit in the system. We don't want to break somebody's rules that we've taught them on something else. We, you know, we spend a lot of time making sure it works. But, but you know, when it comes to naming something, they'll learn just about anything that that we throw at them. You know, if, if you rep it. So um, we've kind of quit stressing so much over that, just like you said, and uh, come up with something simple that they'll remember. Well, well Coach, we, we normally try to go around an hour, but we, we got some storms kind of rolling in here at Oklahoma, so uh, we're going to have to cut this one a little bit short. But uh, kind of the last question I always like to ask guys is, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's something they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Well, I, uh, I've thought about this because I've heard a lot of answers to this uh, listening to you guys. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, and this is maybe the same in a lot of positions, but it's certainly true with the offensive line. I think one thing is your alignment, your, your stance, your splits, your vertical splits off the ball. The first thing before the ball's ever snapped, I think you can look at a position group and you can tell how well coached that position group is just based on how they're lined up, based on the stances. Uh, I think that tells a lot about any group on the field. Offensive line in particular, the other thing that stands out to me is when you have a group that really finishes. Um, you know, I think when you have that group that competes, uh, as, as Coach Fulmer used to say, to the, to the echo of the whistle. You know, I think that is the – I think that is a mark of a really well-coached offensive line. You know, you know that that doesn't happen by accident. Somebody's taught them to compete that way. Coach, man, I love the answer. Uh, you know, appreciate you coming on. And again, we, it sucks that we get it cut short. Hopefully, we can get a get together sometime. I, you know, you're the kind of guy I'd love to be able to sit down and I could probably rattle off ball for about four or five hours. Man, It'd be fun. Hey, I'd I'd love to do it anytime. Just let me know. And that's gonna do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. 
Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.